بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فمن بعد ما بدأت my first uh, thing which I'm happy about is that the two or three reminders that I talk that I where I spoke about uh, the issue of real politics uh, in and and the and the connection of islam with it the importance of the standard they seem to have generated some good questions alhamdulillah and today i think probably this will be the last of these i am trying to um, i'm trying to uh, you know complete it and finish it one question was that uh, we were talking about the life of salahuddin ayubi rahmatullahi and uh, how he came to power uh, in ways which are uh, well not not in keeping with islam for example he is uh, many many people who could have challenged him for power um, as somebody else said conveniently died at the right time um, and so on so forth and plus uh, the oath of allegiance that he gave to Nuruddin Zangi uh, rahmatullah uh, he broke that he the oath of allegiance which he gave to the Fatimi Khalifa he broke that and if one is to say that well you see the Fatimi Khalifa uh, was uh, Shia um, so he could have broken the oath some people some people make these uh, kind of uh, comments <coughs> The question is then why did he give the oath in the first place? If it is okay to break the oath, then it then it cannot be okay to give the oath. So, <clears throat> and on that note, <clears throat> let me say very clearly that in Islam, we do not differentiate between Muslim and non-Muslim as far as hukuk al-ibad are concerned. The rights of the Muslims and the rights of the non-Muslims uh, are equal as far as Islam is concerned with regard to um, fulfilling them. So now the question was that whatever Salahuddin Ayubi may have done in terms of uh, coming to power and obviously his, the ways in which he came to power, as I said, they were not um, necessarily correct. Um, do we disregard his liberation of Quds? Now the question is not whether we... Um, uh, w- also, the, another very good question, which is, what would we have done if we had lived under him, rejected him, or followed him as a liberator? Well, at the time of following him, you would not know whether he was a liberator or not. That's history. That's hindsight. We know that now. But the people who were following him followed him. Let me <clears throat> begin by mentioning that the whole point of Islam is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us a standard and Allah did not say that this standard is to be applied if it is convenient or if it is uh, politically okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this is the standard, this is the standard to be followed. Um, Everything else has to conform to the standard, not vice versa. Now in this context we have the famous hadith in Muslim Sharif narrated by Abu Hurairah Adilanhu who said that Rasulullah asked, do you know who is bankrupt, who is destitute among you? They said, the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah 
The bankrupt among us is the one who has neither money nor, nor any property. He, sallallahu alayhi wa said, the real bankrupt, the real destitute, destitute of my ummah would be the one who would come on the day of, of, who would come on the day of resurrection with salah and saum and sadaqah. But he will find himself bankrupt on that day as he will have exhausted his good deeds. Because he reviled others, he brought calumny against others, he unlawfully devoured the wealth of others, he shed the blood of others and he beat others and so on. So his good deeds would be credited to the accounts of those who suffered at his hand. If his good deeds fall short to clear the account, then their sins, then their sins, the sins of the people he wronged, would be entered in his account and he would be thrown in the Jahannam, in the hellfire. Now, think about this. <clears throat> it's not about paying lip service to this thing, it is about living this thing. Now, how do we reconcile this hadith with saying that a person achieved a good goal? Um, how he achieved it, why are we bothered? Right? He achieved a good goal and that's sufficient. Uh, even if he uh, broke a few eggs in the process of making an omelette. My question is, you may have achieved something great, but if you murdered people and if you uh, dishonored people and if you took away, took away people's rights and if you did all kinds of evil to get to that good goal, then when you come before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to say that because the goal you achieved was good, therefore I am forgiving everything. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very clear in this case, in this case Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give the people who you wronged from your good deeds. So at the end of the day, what have, what has the person achieved? Right? Perhaps nothing. Of course, we don't, uh, in this case, I'm not saying that Allah will not forgive Salahuddin Ayyubi or anything. Not, this is not about Salahuddin Ayyubi. This is about a general question of do means justify the end? And I'm saying to you that means do not justify the end and the end does not justify the means. Both of them have to be Islamically correct. As far as Islam is concerned, both have to be Islamically correct. Now, question is today, another question was that uh, how do you deal today with somebody like that? And what would we do with a person like that if they existed today? Would we support them or not support them? The first thing, my, my question to, <coughs> to myself and to the questioner is, what exactly do, we, do you mean by support? Uh, what is it that you are going to be doing or not doing? So the question is, what exactly do we, do we mean by support? What is support? Um, if support means that you are going to be exclusively supporting that person in that good thing, I would say, yes, of course, you should support them. But if support also means that in the process of supporting them in that good thing, you are going to get drawn into and pulled into all the evil that will that they are doing along with it, then <coughs> if you support them, <coughs> obviously that support is not justified, that support is, uh, is, is not something that you should not do. The point I want to say to my brothers and sisters is that on the day of judgment when we stand before Allah, we will stand with our deeds. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to... Um, question us or talk to us about something which um, something where uh, things which were not in our control so the question we have to ask ourselves is that what was in my control and uh, what did I do so my in my control was the 
issue of uh, supporting someone to achieve um, a goal by means which are not legal. And by legal, I mean Islamically legal. Because, for example, you might find somebody who wants to achieve uh, their goals and they want to, therefore, to achieve their goals, they want to support uh, things which in this world are legal, but Islamically they are illegal. Now, what would you do? Would you support them or you, or you would not support them? Because believe me, at the end of the day, whatever you do is going to come back and haunt you and me. Uh, and that will not be convenient if you, if you think about it like that, right? So what will you do in that case if that comes around to bite? And it will. If we are supporting something which is, which is evil, then the effect of that evil will come to us. It has to come to us. Where else will it go? So that is a very important uh, question to, to ask and to, and to think about. I am not going to give answers here. I am uh, just clarifying the questions. And I think each one of us has to answer the question uh, and say, you know, what will I do? Because we will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Um, the one thing which is absolutely clear in my mind is that we do not compromise the standard of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for any reason. And anyone who does that and who says, yeah, but you know, in today's world, remember you're opening a door. When you open a door, everything will come inside. Once you open the door, you can't say this in this through this door, only this will enter and the other one will not enter. Everything will enter. The moment you do that, for example, you're opening now the door for interest-based banking. You're opening now the door for all the other social evils that today are norms and today are law and legal. Right? Then don't blame anyone if one day uh, this comes home to your child, this comes home to your own family, because it will. And you know that you are the person who opened that door, where you permitted something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had prohibited. And you did that in the name of uh, convenience, in the name of being politically correct and whatever. Uh, because you had this aim, long, big goal that, oh, see, I need the support of so-and-so. Therefore, I'm going to support this group and that group. At the end of that, you will lose your own soul.